0: This episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Over the past few years, we've featured a number of different variations on the general concept of a jet pack, which often could be better described as wingsuits, flyboards, or jet suits, depending on the design, but they're all pretty damn cool to see in action. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff of science fiction, and people are out there doing it in real life. Not like those stupid hoverboards. Yeah. These things actually hover. Mm -hmm. A little over a year ago, Frankie Zapata managed to cross the English Channel using a jet-powered flyboard on his second attempt. Mm -hmm. And uh, before that, he was seen at the 2019 Bastille Day Parade in Paris, flying around holding a rifle as the (laughs) soldier of the future. Very cool. Uh, And the U.S. military has even tested a variation on the Zapata flyboard for possible applications on the battlefield. So far, it doesn't seem like flying soldiers, though, are... uh, Very large priority for any military, despite how cool it looks. But uh, a recent different variation on the jetpack concept has shown some promise in search and rescue. That's cool. The one with the flying soldier is just like, have you ever seen skeet shooters? Yeah. There's a lot less things to get
1: behind uh, when you're in the air. Yeah. A very clearly defined target. Mm -hmm. So you could see why they wouldn't focus on it. But search and rescue, now there's a practical application. Yeah. Uh, Richard Browning's Gravity flight suit is more of a traditional jetpack design than Zabata's flyboard, but in addition to the jet engine mounted on the wearer's back, there's two more jet engines mounted on each arm. It gives it a very Iron Man-esque vibe. Mm -hmm. Gravity Industries regularly posts pretty awesome videos of Richard Browning and other test pilots flying around incredibly fast in their insane flight suits. But their most recent upload shows off a seemingly practical application for it, which is getting paramedics to injured people in rough terrain much more quickly than paramedics would be able to on foot, which is great, especially where we live. There's a lot of these accidents frequently in the mountainous
0: regions. Yeah, anywhere there's hills. People are going to sprain their ankles and break their legs, and these poor paramedics got to hoof it up a hill Yeah, or like, they can even start doing anything about it.
1: Or rappel down
0: Yeah. Helicopter. So this demonstration, it was done in the UK's mountainous lake district in collaboration with a local air ambulance service who does a lot of search and rescue in the area. Uh, They had two people placed high up on a large hill far away from any roads, simulating a situation where a person has injured themselves in a serious fall. The ambulance service, they show up nearby in a car. They suit up one of their paramedics in the gravity flight suit, and he just takes off in the general direction of the people in distress. He's able to reach them in just 90 seconds. And then he assesses the injuries and performs first aid before lighting a flare to call in a rescue helicopter. Uh, this all happens obviously much, much faster than it would have if paramedics had tried to reach the destination on foot, as evidenced by just how much terrain he manages to cross in that jet suit. I I thought of a problem here in
1: California when I, you know maybe I misspoke with the effig- efficiency of this mm-hmm. uh, jet suit here in California because... While someone's getting rescued because they've broken their ankle, the jet man is just lighting our forest on fire. Well, I don't know. He—I've
0: uh, <laughs> watched a few videos of of this suit in particular, yeah. and uh, like apparently with jet engines, like they're only really flammable super close. Like uh, you just got to shut them off uh, at a distance that won't break all of his yeah. bones. falls. But yeah, knowing California, I mean, all it takes is. Not even a spark. All it takes mm-hmm. is just a, a sneeze, and uh, our forests are on fire for weeks. Yeah. You
1: look at a so, dry plant wrong, and it lights on fire, and then you're in trouble. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyways, the press release about this thing, uh, it's its from the ambulance service, GNAAS. It says that it would have taken 25 minutes on foot and been an arduous climb. So 90 seconds is definitely an improvement, especially when the clock is ticking with serious injuries. Uh, GNAAS Ganas, I guess, uh, the director of operations there, said... The biggest advantage is its speed. If the idea takes off, the flying paramedic will be armed with a medical kit with strong pain relief for walkers who may have suffered fractures and a defibrillator for those who have maybe suffered a heart attack. In a jetpack, what might have taken up to an hour to reach the patient may only take a few minutes, and that could
0: mean the difference between life and death. So, yeah, this shows a lot of promise for a practical application for a technology that for the most part has previously its been one of those things that makes you say, wow, holy shit, but then it otherwise doesn't seem really all that useful. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, everyone involved here, they readily admit that this is a long ways from being ready for prime time, and uh, there's a few pretty big roadblocks to getting there. Uh, the suit itself costs over $400,000, and its flight time is still limited to between five and ten minutes. And uh, perhaps the biggest roadblock is the fact that in order to actually use the suit, especially this design, you need to be in incredibly good shape. You have to have arms that are strong enough to support your entire body weight for the Mm -hmm. entire length of the flight. Otherwise, the jets overpower you and you lose control. The the guy who invented this suit, like, he does, like, flags and, like, handstands and shit like that. He's, He's... And he's one of the few
1: people who can fly it. I mean... It would be very funny to put someone who's very weak inside
0: the suit. Just <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, it would turn you into one of those uh, those like inflatable. Bel- f- yeah, come yeah. buy a car. Yeah, we got used cars, <laughs> new cars. Boom. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's still pretty cool to imagine a real life Iron Man sometime, someday, maybe doing real life heroism out in the world. But uh, yeah, for now, yeah, you're just gonna have to hoof it. Yeah. But enough about the technology of tomorrow. Let's look at
1: the technology of today. Uh, this is the time of year when bigger tech companies hold annual press conferences to unveil their latest year. And not too long ago, these kind of events were a whole lot more exciting, though. Apple already held their event two weeks ago, and none of it was really even worth a mention on the show, other than if you're a very, very old person, the Apple Watch... It's essentially a high-tech version of that life alert. Yeah, like it'll it'll tell you if you're dying. It's a jitterbug for your wrist. That yeah, saves you life. it's it calls your doctor essentially. because yeah. their blood oxygen level is uh, very low. If you don't come save them now, they will die. That is important. Yeah, I like I was saying while I was watching the event, I'm like any your average American puts this watch on, and it just. It goes and just blows up. There's like, there's no way that anyone is healthy enough
0: to be wearing this thing. Mm-hmm. It's just going to alert you of your morbidity. Do I really want to be constantly reminded of everything I've done to my body?
1: You have one beard. It's like, sir, I
0: think you've had enough. I think you've had enough.
1: <laughs> Take it off. Yeah. Uh, now, aside from the obviously the newer, better versions of that Apple Watch, and of course the iPad, uh, which is. Also oddly named like everything else in tech these days. It's yeah. very confusing. What's going on with names lately?
0: We'll get to some weird <laughs> names after
1: this. Yeah, the, uh, the cheap iPad is now the expensive iPad based on the name or something. Yeah. Anyways, the, the biggest news out of Apple's event was Apple One. It's a bundle of Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, Apple Arcade, iCloud Storage, and Apple Fitness Plus uh, for just $15. And I would say typically your person, your average person uses about two of those. So they're like, yeah. why not? I'll get the yeah. rest. It's honestly, it's a pretty great deal if you're into the Apple stuff already, specifically the cloud uh, backups. Yeah. Uh, And in Apple's defense, the new iPhones, they got delayed a few weeks, so they're having another Apple event in mid-October for that. COVID.
0: Sorry, guys. COVID. Sorry.
1: Uh, (laughs) Based on the leaks, though, the iPhone 12 will have four different models in three different sizes. iPhone 12, iPhone 12 mini, iPhone 12 max, and iPhone 12 pro max. God, I hate tech now. We
0: really peaked in like 2012. We did. After that, we had everything we needed. And then now they're just trying to figure out problems that don't exist to solve for us. Mm -hmm. Mostly, yeah. Anyways, that's Apple for you. Speaking of phones, though, Google had their 2020 Made by Google event this week. And uh, they did, in fact, show off their new phones, among a bunch of other stuff. Uh, We're both Pixel 3 users who Mm -hmm. were kind of disappointed by the Pixel 4. So let's see what this Pixel 5 is all about. Uh, okay. Well, turns out it's a bit more confusing than that. Actually, I mean, yes, there is a Pixel Five, but the full product line of current Pixel phones is now somehow more confusing than what Microsoft has managed to do with the Xbox brand. Yeah, it's it's it, this was hurting my head. Like comparing. The I mean, stats on all three of them. I get it. It's just I think the
1: problem with Google's release schedule was that the their typical lower cost models were, yeah were, were the ones that were delayed yeah but they, they were yeah, the mid
0: range ones got delayed until August so which is like, last month yeah. it's
1: what's October now yeah it was like the, six weeks ago yeah so that's what kind of like shifts things a bit and then they have what's titled under their mid range coming out in a month from now
0: yeah and supposedly like development on the what they wanted out of the Pixel Five got delayed by COVID so like. Yeah, they just had their mid-range shit like delayed up until like two months ago. Yeah. And now they're kind of, it's still not a full like generational shift. Yeah, this is gonna be like the lost pixel phone for yeah. sure.
1: Because <laughs> it like goes two years back on some tech yeah. and then two years in the future on some other things, and it's like this. What are you like, doing? I mean they they seem like good phones, but there's some odd choices here across the board. I'll get to why I didn't order it after this, but (laughs) back in August, less than two months before the latest Pixel event, Google started selling the Pixel 4a, which unlike what the name might imply, wasn't just a mid-generation upgrade. It was basically a brand new design with many of the same components, but also featuring a pinhole selfie camera and the return of the rear fingerprint scanner. And that's all for less than half the price of the Pixel 4. So with the Pixel 4a phone freshly on the market, Google's two new phones for this next generation are the Pixel 5, which makes sense, right? Yeah, okay. And the Pixel 4a 5G. (laughs) Getting Dyslexia from all this shit. Yeah. As the name implies, the biggest change with this new generation compared to the phone that they just released over the summer is 5G connectivity. So it'll give you COVID straight into your ear. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! That's a joke. That's a
0: joke. Take me, Mr. Bill Gates. Take me. Sarah watch wiki or whatever? That is a joke. Sarcasm. Mm-hmm. We're not into that we're not into that conspiracy shit. Mm-hmm. We, I'm actually pretty excited about 5G. I, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. But the Pixel 4a 5G is not just the 4a with 5G. It's, again, a completely... Different device from the normal 4A. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has a slightly larger screen, has a new rear camera that's the same as what's on the Pixel 5. The Pixel 5, meanwhile, is slightly smaller than the Pixel 4A 5G, but slightly larger than the Pixel 4A. Uh, The 4A starts at $349. The 4A 5G starts at $499. And the Pixel 5 starts at $699. But as far as as for what advantages, uh, the extra $200 gets you from the 4A 5G to the Pixel 5. Doesn't really seem like much. I mean, there's 8 gigs of RAM versus 6. There's a slightly bigger battery. Uh, There's a better screen refresh rate for all you gamers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Better water resistance. And this one actually has both wireless charging and the ability to wireless charge other devices. That's cool, but it's not a lot. Um, And and all (laughs) that, plus, again, a slightly smaller screen than the phone that costs $200 less. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, the Pixel 4A and 4A 5G... Both of those have a headphone jack, while the Pixel 5 does not. But uh, on the bright side, Google has entirely abandoned the face unlock <laughs> feature from the Pixel 4. And they've also brought back the rear fingerprint button for all three devices. Which is great. I love it. Yeah. It's I, fantastic. The face ID shit, I was like, you know what? I I like. I this, did not get the board break too far. I, yeah. I'm not going to like... Fucking biometrically scan my face every time I want to unlock my phone. I did a Are race with insane? my with my wife. She has the iPhone that has the face unlock, yeah, and, like, uh, uh, and I pull uh.
1: mine out like, it's ready to go. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So as far as the headphone jack, listen. As sad as it is to say, I
0: have completely shifted. It to completely wireless? For me, it's just my car is so old that I... Oh, you need the the cassette tape? I, yeah, I use the dongle adapter, and that means I can't charge while I'm listening. There you go. It's like, it's a very minor inconvenience. You see, uh, I plug it in, and it has the
1: Android Auto, which is Yeah, fantastic. Android Auto is fantastic. Love it. Yeah. Me. But, uh, yeah, bringing back the fingerprint scanner, completely on board. Yeah. Uh, having it be $700, I, I was like, look... Here's, and here's the thing for everyone else watching out there. I didn't pre-order it. And I, I always skip a generation. I thought I was going to get yeah. into this one. Here's the thing, though. It's not big enough of a leap for me to put the money down. And the uh, historically, every Black Friday, it's yeah. at least $100 to $150 off. And if you can just wait until February, the Pixel 5 will be
0: $300 cheaper. I got my Pixel 3. I bought it like two months after the phone launched because mm-hmm. it... Yeah, it was like some random day where it was half off. I'm yeah. Like, all right, well, fuck
1: it. Yeah, I'll get it. And the less of us that, that buy it, the bigger the discount's gonna be in a month. That's right. Yeah. They got a lot of units. That they need to not sell. Also, like my, I have like a crack on my screen because I'm a fucking sixteen year old girl. And my the one the problem that I I can't say that I'm responsible for is that the the charge no longer lasts as long as it once did,
0: and the charging port itself is finicky. You got to go but in there with you got to turn it off and go in there with like a paperclip. I I pulled out so much fucking lint out of my maybe charging maybe port it. like recently. It was disgusting. Yeah. Well, the. Having said that,
1: if I was just looking for a slight upgrade to be able to use it, I would just get the 4A 5G because
0: you get yeah. 5G with it for yeah. a, a ridiculously cheaper price. I, yeah, that's probably like I I'm more interested in that one than the Pixel 5 because it also it has a bigger screen. Did you watch all the other shit in this? Yeah, Mark Ronson oh. doing the speaker. <laughs> yeah, very cool, Mark.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love <laughs> the idea that uh, they they set up an apartment with eight Nest speakers so you can mm-hmm. listen to everything. I'm like, yeah, it's an apartment. One will work. But now there's eight. Yeah. I have an Alexa in the bedroom
0: and I can hear music from the you living put room. Put one in the toilet. Yeah. Put one... Uh, in the bidet. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Play my poop Boom. music.
0: Blast that. Use bass to blast that shit out of my butt. Yeah, well,
1: I, I have it so that when I, you know, go number two, it does the coin sound from Mario when it <laughs> has a sensor on it. <laughs> it's fun for everyone. Yeah. So yeah, while in every previous year there's just been a Pixel and a Pixel XL and then six months later they, they do mid-range starting yeah. a couple years ago. Now we've got three phones that are only ever so slightly different than each other. Except uh, in price. Yeah. As for new software features, those are coming only to the Pixel 5 and Pixel 4a 5G for now. Uh, they will come to some older Pixel phones. Yeah. So Usually it's pretty quick. They, they want to get you to buy the phone, but then like January. Be like, All right, like, there's maybe, really no reason why you we
0: can't let everyone else have this. It's yeah. a
1: software thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's Hold For Me, which lets you go do other stuff while you're waiting on hold, which is fine, but a lot of the industry already solved that by doing callbacks, which is great. Yeah. Uh, uh, Google will call you or let you get back on the phone when the hold thing is done. It's cool. It's it's useful. Yeah. Uh, there's Portrait Light, which is basically a virtual 3D light source that you can add to portraits after the fact in Google Photos. Again, That's pretty cool. Pretty cool, yeah. I like that. There's portrait mode in Night Sight, which lets you blur the backgrounds in portraits now taken in low light. It's like two features combined. And again, Night Sight is one of the best features that Google's released in many years. I've
0: taken some crazy pictures with Night Sight where like it's literally you can't see shit. And you just hold up the camera and... Take the picture. And you're like, oh, there! Yeah. Wow, yeah. good premise
1: for a horror movie as well. Yeah. There's also three new stabilization modes for video. Locked basically removes the shakiness to create a static shot. Uh, active for when the ph- uh, photographer and the subject are both moving a whole lot. And cinematic pan, which is a combination of stabilization and slow motion. Uh, there's also a new extreme battery saver for all you ravers out there mm-hmm. who want to go all night long. And that's a mode that cuts down on functionality even more than the standard battery saver. It's like if you're at a if you're at Coachella or Electric Daisy Carnival, yeah. and you're not going to have service anyway. You put that on, and you're going to be the only one that has that phone charge at 3 a.m. when it's, you're drunkenly searching it's for your phone. true. Phones. Even
0: with the standard battery saver, that's happened to me a bunch of times. Everyone's going like, my I go phone's to a dead. Show. My phone's dead. I'm like, I'm, I still got like 40%, guys.
1: Anytime I go to a concert, I'm not going to use my phone anyway, because I'm not a, a complete asshole, mm-hmm. uh, put that on. I mean, it, it, I'm the one that has to call the lift at the end of the night, which yeah. kind of sucks, but my phone works. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and is, in addition to getting rid of face unlock, they also got rid of that dumb uh, Project Soli hand gesture stuff from the Pixel 4 that apparently no one cared about, despite it being a new flagship feature that Google made a big deal about. I, like, I completely forgot that was even a thing. If
1: it's on the home device where it's sitting on a countertop and you're cooking or something, sure. But you're already it's holding in the my phone. hand already.
0: Like, I'm going to put the <laughs> phone down... Like mounted, so I can do some fucking cast cruise fucking on it. Yeah, like, shut up! I'm gonna swipe it with my finger. Good. I'm glad that the society told them they were wrong. Yeah, I. I it's got. I would love to see the statistics. I'm sure no one was using this mm-hmm. feature. Um, also, anyway, buying either the five or four a five G also gets you three free months of Stadia <laughs> Pro, uh, three free months of Google Premium, and 100 gig storage with Google One. But also, if you've ever actually paid for Stadia Pro or for YouTube Premium before, you get neither of those. Enjoy. Sorry, folks. So uh, overall, this new generation of Pixel phones, it might be the most marginal year-to-year update that we've ever seen from any major phone manufacturer. It's remarkable. It's, it, uh, the only way they could have done this better,
1: it, it, well, the only way that they could have made this good is by putting it out at a discounted price.
0: $700 for this is not worth it. Yeah, my only motivation to buy any of these phones is the fact that my current phone is experiencing planned obsolescence in, like, the battery and stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah, but I looked at this and I'm like, nah, this can last at least another six like, months. Yeah. And honestly, at this point, you change the phone background, it feels like a brand new phone. Honestly, if, if something happens, I would just order another refurbished They're Pixel like $150. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck it. We're so old now. Yeah. So <laughs> what
1: are you doing buying new phones?
0: Unless you're like really into Pixel phones, like some sort of weirdo. Mm-hmm. Or you really want 5G, which is understandable. Well, but uh, everyone's
1: at home. They have Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, but I, I, 5G is faster than my home Wi-Fi, honestly. I agree. Look, I
1: agree. I want the 5G. I'm just saying there's not a, there enough reasons for me to go pay
0: $700 for a phone right now. Yeah. Um, But yeah, unless you're into any of that, there's really just not a lot to be excited about here. And that's especially obvious in a year where so many other companies are just getting really weird with their phones. They bend and they they fold and they twist. That LG Wing phone, I saw that like two months ago. I'm like, that's stupid. But like the more I see of it, I'm like, it's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it seems like a real beta testing year. Yeah, and just like put out
1: put out all the experimental CES yeah. shit. Whatever you got, just put it out there. Is that, no, is no that the one where you
0: you hold it and then it flips like a sidekick? Yeah, there's still, like a there's a second screen or half of a second screen underneath the first screen, so it, it goes into like a T shape. <laughs> it's dumb. I, yeah, I don't know. I watched the like uh, I watched one of those teardown channels like. Disassemble it and like it's a really really cool device. Very interesting build.
1: Look, I think the new Samsungs are great and they're super powerful. I just don't like their uh, yeah. reskinned operating system. Not a fan. It's it's filled with blower I think Facebook's like mandatory too. You can't even delete it. Yeah. Don't Anyways. Mean. Uh, Google, they also announced their latest version of Chromecast, which actually does have some pretty big changes and looks really cool, especially for the price. Yeah. Uh, Previously, Chromecast needed to be controlled by a phone or a computer, unlike standalone devices like Roku. But the new Chromecast is much like those other devices now, with a dedicated remote that has a microphone for voice commands, plus dedicated buttons for YouTube and Netflix. This new generation of Chromecast is called Chromecast with Google TV, which... If you're keeping track, was already a thing that like was, a decade. Yeah, that ago. that
0: was a discontinued service. But it's back, baby. You're bringing that back,
1: and it's from what I've seen, a lot better. Yeah. Uh, Google TV is the new operating system and user interface for browsing through your various streaming services with the remote. It only costs fifty dollars, which is actually great. Uh, it's cheaper than Roku, and it looks as fluid as, as, fluid as the Roku Pro, which is
0: yeah. And great. it's uh, the thing that appeals to me most about Google TV, uh, the operating system, is like. You can basically keep, like, a a watch list of stuff you want to watch in the app. And so, like, if there's a movie you're excited about that you maybe didn't see in theaters or whatever, you add it to your Google TV TV watch list, and it'll show up on your home screen, like, when it's out. It'll let you know, like, hey, that movie you wanted to see, we got it over on this service. It's the same reason that I like
1: Roku. Everything's conveniently on one UI that isn't a fucking gaming console. It uses just a remote that you turn on. Mm -hmm. It's fluid. It's great. I'd like to see some more real-world world tests. I do have Roku system ones already, so I'm not really, like, eager to replace them. Yeah. But
0: I'm really interested in this because it looks like a great product. So I'm uh, 100% getting this because my LG TV, just like every smart TV, after, like, a year or two, they just stopped updating the smart TV, like, OS. So, like... Randomly, my YouTube app just no longer works anymore. It gets an error message. And there you like, go. My Hulu app doesn't work anymore.
1: Well, you'll probably really like this because I love, everyone fucking knows. I love my Roku. I'm pissed at HBO Max yeah, on you're, you're a
0: big Roku boy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, in general, it seems like the uh, global pandemic, it probably slowed things down a bit at Google as well as Apple, which, yeah, makes sense. Over at Amazon, though, a company with a much worse reputation for overworking its employees, they had a lot more to show off at their event last week. Uh, The biggest reveals being a brand new cloud gaming service (laughs) and a flying indoor security drone. Oh, that sounds fun. So let's start with Luna, not the K-pop group. The the cloud gaming service from Amazon that's meant to compete with Stadia and xCloud. Uh, At $5.99 a month, it's cheaper than either of those other services. And it's gonna launch with more than 100 titles ready to play So so more than Stadia currently has. (laughs) Uh, What happened to Stadia releasing like 200 games this year? uh, COVID, you know, guys, coronavirus. (laughs) It clogged up the pipes. Yeah. What are you going to do? So like with Stadia, Luna has its own controller that you can buy, which connects directly to your Wi-Fi router and supposedly more responsive. But uh, Xbox and PlayStation controllers will also be compatible along with keyboard and mouse when you're playing via computer.
1: Yeah. The $5.99 subscription cost, it only covers so much of the library, though. There will apparently be additional curated channels, starting with a Ubisoft channel. Uh, that costs more, but it also allows access to brand new games the day that they launch, like the upcoming Far Cry 6 and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, when Luna launches sometime this month, it'll be available on Fire TV, PC, Mac, and iOS devices. So, no Android, at least at first, though they say the delay will be only a few weeks. Uh, it, it, look... X Clouds coming out. Any paid service is going to get demolished by this, and typically these companies give up on things that don't aren't immediately successful. Yeah. Well, so, I, I don't know.
0: Amazon. I feel like they're like the biggest company on earth. I think they can afford to just sit on this for. As long as they It'll want. be interesting to see... Especially with Twitch. like Twitch's How they be... tie
1: it into Prime Gaming. Yeah. Like if you can... Like once a month they release like how PlayStation Plus does. It's like three games and it's like you just yeah. open... Press this button and you can play this AAA game in your browser would be something that could work yeah. with, uh, with this. But anyways, hold on. How are they able to put this on iOS when Apple has thus far blocked services like Stadia and xCloud on the grounds that they're essentially their own app stores and therefore violate app store rules? Hmm. Well, it won't be an app at all. iOS users will simply access Luna via the web browser. And this is apparently totally fine. We're just not really sure why these other services haven't simply tried that, but yeah. that's exactly how Stadia operates outside of its Chromecast capabilities. Yeah. So, you just
0: open up Safari, go to luna.amazon.com or whatever the fuck it is. and uh, The world is your oyster. There you go. No app store needed. So, yeah, uh, yeah, one advantage that Luna will have over the other gaming streaming services, of course, is that Amazon also owns Twitch, which is the number one video streaming site for gameplay content. They haven't, surprisingly, they didn't go really in depth with how these things would integrate too much mm-hmm. uh, so far. They've only really said that you'll be able to be watching a stream. And if the game is in the Luna library, you just click a button and bam. Just you're, the same thing that YouTube promoted. Yeah. yeah, except I don't know if they actually like added that shit to YouTube yet. I haven't seen it. I haven't yeah. seen the ability to do it now. Um, So, I mean, one potential possibility that could happen that some commenters have brought up is uh, the potential for being able to stream your gameplay directly to Twitch at higher quality and lower latency and bandwidth, since Luna and Twitch, they're both running from Amazon servers. Uh, They haven't said whether this will be a feature, but you would assume that if Luna can instantly beam 1080p60 footage to the player, it could also simultaneously beam that same 1080p60 footage footage to Twitch.
1: Yeah, and take um, the strain off your computer. Yeah,
0: it. like you would think. <clears throat> You'd have the best looking streams possible. And it would
1: be become, Twitch streaming would become more accessible to more people who don't yeah. have a streaming computer. Yeah. Uh, so that's the latest entry into the already crowded game streaming space. But Amazon's most surprising announcement was the Ring Always Home Cam. I didn't think this was real when I started seeing it. Looks like about it looks like an April Fool's joke. It's a $250 flying camera drone that takes off from its dock in the event that your other Ring devices detect a break in while you're away. When you first set it up, you create a flight path for it to check all the important areas in your home. And when it's activated, either automatically by a break in or manually, if you're just being a little paranoid in the middle of the night, <laughs> I guess, uh, it goes on patrol and streams video directly to your Ring app wherever you are. The key advantage here is that instead of installing security cameras in every room of your home that are constantly running, this one $250 camera can observe the whole house by itself, only when it's needed. So while a flying robot security drone seems dystopian on its surfer- surface, it I don't know, is it really any more dystopian than capturing everything that happens in your house on Amazon cameras and sending that footage to Amazon servers anyway? Plus, it's a fun toy for the dogs and cats. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you just activate it. Your dogs are at home. They're bored as shit. It should have a little couple of treats in the stand so it can drop them off. Yeah. Uh, I, from a human perspective, I'm like, ew, what the hell? But yeah. from a dog or cat's perspective? Fun. Very exciting. Yeah, a lot, of, the, to do a lot every of potential day. here.
1: Yeah, if you're going on a, like, a, a weekend trip or something like that, it uh, keeps the
0: animals busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a free one for you, Bezos. Yeah. Have it. Carry little treats. Mm-hmm. Anyways, as for the rest of what Amazon showed off, um, the new Echo and Echo Dot smart speakers are now spherical instead of cylindrical. Uh, There's an Echo Dot that costs $10 more and it gets you a built-in illuminated clock display. And uh, the new Echo Show, the uh, Echo that has a touch display and camera, it now pivots to follow you around the room. Uh, In other Ring stuff, there's a a vehicle dash cam, (laughs) a connected car alarm, and a device that uses a car's built-in external cameras to capture video. And if you're feeling really paranoid, and if you're a Ring customer, you probably are, there's a Ring mailbox sensor that... Let's you know when your mailbox has been opened.
1: Yeah. I mean, cool the mails here. Yeah.
0: Uh, also, I would,
1: I, mean, I would love to see an integration with Ring and Twitch where uh, it's essentially just a cloud-based, like, uh, Red Zone version of Russian dash cam videos. Yeah. Like, anytime an accident happens, like, it just replays that uh, on a Twitch stream that just has from all over the country... Just the best accidents, as they happen. It says
0: here in the TOS that if I get in a car accident, Twitch owns that footage? Yeah. What's that about? And they're constantly monetizing Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You get in a silly accident, people
1: are just mocking you with emotes in the chat. Look at this fucking idiot. Anyways, uh, it's interesting that Amazon has made Ring into a brand of automated products for people who are already extremely concerned about the safety of themselves and their property, when according to a recent report from Reveal, automation at Amazon's fulfillment centers has increased serious injuries for workers by 50% compared to Amazon warehouse without robots. Uh, According to leaked internal documents, Amazon's injury rates have gone up uh, each of the past four years as automation has also increased. And unsurprisingly, Reveal also found that injuries spike during the weeks of Prime Day and Cyber Monday, when the amount of orders goes up significantly. The most dangerous Amazon facility, according to these documents, is the warehouse in DuPont, Washington, where last year there were 22 serious injuries per 100 workers, uh, compared to the industry average of just four serious injuries per 100 workers. So not great. Seems bad. Seems bad. And Prime Day is right around the corner. It's October yeah. like 13th or something. It's in the middle of
0: the month. Somebody needs to make like a Chrome widget for like every time you purchase an Amazon thing. There's like it gives you a likelihood that your purchase is going to like severely injure someone.
1: Yeah, uh, it's uh, a yearly, it's one of those human bodies, but it it fills up like a thermometer where like the amount of packages you
0: order, you've increased the risk of a human death by a certain amount. Yeah, someone should make that. Another good idea. But anyways, hold on. Isn't automation supposed to reduce the workload of human employees and therefore make things safer for everyone? What's happening here? Are people being attacked by these robots? Uh, No, actually, the reasons are much more mundane and cynical than that. Um, Turns out that when the robots showed up, Amazon just increased worker quotas dramatically to keep up with the robots from the article. The robots were too efficient. They could bring items so quickly that the productivity expectations for workers more than doubled, according to a former senior operations manager who saw the transformation. And they kept climbing. At the most common kind of warehouse, workers called pickers, who previously had to grab and scan about 100 items an hour, were expected to hit rates of up to 400 an hour at robotic fulfillment centers. According to Kathleen Fagan, a physician who inspected Amazon warehouses in her capacity as a medical officer for the Federal Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, Studies have shown that production rates have a direct impact on injuries. Quote, if you've got robots that are moving products faster and workers have to then lift or move those products faster, there will be increased injuries, she said. Doing the same motion over and over again, quickly and without a break, doesn't allow muscles to rest. Increased physical and mental stress leads to distraction and exhaustion, which also increase injuries, studies show. This is literally when Dwight faces off against the
1: robot in the office. Yeah. Tries to sell more reams of paper. Uh, Also from the article, Austin Wendt left his job as an EMT for a private ambulance company in 2016 to take a higher-paying role running the first aid clinic at Amazon's warehouse BFI3 in DuPont. Eventually, he became the only person responsible for safety at the warehouse during his shifts. A safety specialist had quit and wasn't replaced. His manager, he said, was rarely on site. Overworked and overwhelmed, Wendt was being asked to do things he wasn't trained to do, he said, such as ergonomic assessments of workstations. Quote, I never had support from my boss or senior leadership to do my job effectively or enforce safety, he said. Quote, There's so much to do and you're so far behind and there's so many injuries that you could just never get caught up. He'd watch workers heave heavy bags of dog food and cat litter all night, Tens of thousands of pounds in some cases, he estimated, and the workers had to do it quick. Under constant pressure to hit ever-increasing production rates, they took shortcuts, he said. Instead of climbing a ladder to grab a heavy item off a top shelf, workers would get on their tiptoes and reach. Or they'd bend over instead of squatting to grab a bag and then twist to pull it down quickly. They'd grab a heavy tote off a conveyor belt with one hand while pressing a button on a computer screen with the other. The extra hours and fatigue and stress of peak times compounded the problem. Quote, I'd have managers sitting there watching these people work very improperly, and they don't say anything because it's about
0: rate and productivity. Uh, Yeah. So something that's especially fucked up from this article is the fact that Amazon warehouses offer workers rewards for injury-free streaks, like a pizza party for going one month without injuries or something like that. So, great. so, workers will sometimes work through injuries and not report them to avoid disappointing their co-workers and being the guy who got the pizza party taken This away. is like fucking boot camp in the army. Yeah.
1: Like, okay, you're all doing uh, an extra 15 minutes of PT in the morning because yeah. dumbass
0: couldn't d- use soap in the shower. If one person gets injured, you all get punished. Yeah. How about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's extremely bleak. Uh, and also bleak is the fact that Amazon definitely knows that this is all a problem and why it's a problem, but they don't do anything about it. Um, an internal investigation into the injury rate at one warehouse literally quotes an employee as saying, the work requires me to move too quickly, so I'm forced to either cut corners or not make rate. Anyways, wow. that, uh, that reveal article, it's, it's a long read, and it's the latest in an ever-increasing pile of reports that we've talked about over the years about this problem at these warehouses but yeah it's worth a read if you're into getting upset about how poorly the world's richest man treats the people who created that wealth for him Mm -hmm. Um, Jeff Bezos killed
1: Barnes & Noble (laughs) Jeff Bezos killed Sears if you haven't seen the Spirit Halloween theme song do yourself a favor and go find it on Twitter also do you see the update? Spirit Halloween sent him some money to his Venmo. I don't know if they sent him the $30,000 he asked for. I, do, it, I don't yeah. think so. But uh, yeah. I would love to see a collab between Neil Cesariga and him. It would yeah, be what's the... his name? Nick Lo... L- I... I feel bad because he follows me on Twitter. But yeah. uh, the Spirit Halloween theme song guy. You'll find it. Nick Bongino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we've got more news for you coming up. But first... This episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Before I got this shirt. Don't you wish every clothing store you shopped at had only your size, what styles you like, and at a price that you want? Well, Stitch Fix is a company focused on making that happen. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling company that makes getting the clothes you love effortless. It's a completely different way to shop that's all about you every time. To get started, go to stitchfix.com newsday to set up your profile, and they'll deliver
0: great looks personalized just for you in your colors, styles, and within your budget. You pay a $20 styling fee for each fix, which is credited towards anything you keep. Schedule at any time. There's no subscription required. Plus, shipping, returns, and exchanges are easy and free. Stitch Fix does the hard work for you, making great style effortless for everybody, including men, women, and kids. Get started today at stitchfix.com/newsday, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com/newsday for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash newsday. All right, now let's check in on two ongoing
1: tech sagas. We got updates, folks. You might not be happy with them, but they are updates nonetheless. Apple versus Epic Games and TikTok versus the US government. Ding, ding. First up, Apple versus Epic has, of course, expanded to be more like Apple versus everyone since Epic fired the first shot in this war by circumventing App Store rules with Fortnite Mobile and getting themselves banned. Uh, Last week, Epic and its allies even formed its own official team of superheroes, or supervillains, depending on your perspective on on the uh, position. Tim Apple, not very happy with this. They are supervillains. It's called the Coalition for App Fairness. And uh, it includes Epic Games, Spotify, Tile, and Match Group, who own a bunch of different dating apps. Plus, a few other companies, including Prepair, the meal planning app Apple is suing because their pear shaped logo is apparently too close to theirs and it violates Apple's Apple shaped trademark. Dumb. This coalition, which is open to more companies joining, is basically going to be pooling their resources for future litigation against Apple regarding its supposedly anti competitive practices like the 30% Apple tax on all app transactions. The Coalition for App Fairness, Mm CFAF.
0: Yeah, they should have made it a better uh, acronym. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Facebook is apparently in another fight with Apple uh, over the fact that iOS doesn't allow users to set Facebook Messenger as their default messaging app, which Android does allow. This is apparently Zuckerberg is fuming about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the other hand, though, another recent fight we talked about between Apple and Facebook over Apple taking a 30% commission on all ticketing transactions and Facebook events has apparently been resolved with Apple agreeing to temporarily stop collecting the 30% fee for the rest of 2020. Oh good, you mean when there's no events? Yeah. Thanks Apple, you benevolent bastard. Uh, As for the main battleground of Apple versus Epic Games, they actually had their first day in court this week, presenting arguments for and against Epic's request for a temporary injunction to force Apple to put Fortnite back on the App Store. Uh, Long story short, Fortnite is not back on the App Store, and this fight isn't likely going to end anytime soon. No. Uh, Judge Yvonne Gonzalez
1: Rogers heard both sides' arguments and said, I think personally this case should be tried to a jury. I want everyone to think about that. I don't think individual judges have the be-all and end-all here. That jury trial would take place in July of 2021 at the earliest, but that's Still probably for the best for Epic, since Judge Rogers seemed much more on Apple's side based on various comments like, If we look at this plaintiff and industry, walled gardens have existed for decades. Nintendo has had a walled garden. Sony has had a walled garden. Microsoft has had a walled garden. In this particular industry, what Apple is doing is not much different. It's hard to ignore the economics of the industry, which is what Epic is asking me to do. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, She also at one point criticized Epic for essentially creating its own problems, saying, You were not forthright. You were told you couldn't do your own in-app purchasing option, and you did. You can try all you want, but you're not going to convince anybody that you tried to have Apple approve of it. It's self-harm. You lied about it by omission, by not being forthcoming. That's the security issue. As you say, it's not malware, but let's not debate a point. There are plenty of people in the public who consider you guys heroes for what you did, but it's still not honest. Uh, Elsewhere, she said, There is no right to make billions of dollars. Epic made a calculated decision here. So, uh, probably can look forward to this fight continuing for at least the next nine months. Yeah. uh, At least. And, uh, yeah, depending on the results. Could have a huge impact on the tech industry. I don't know. Might not
1: have any effect at all. Might be
0: a gigantic waste of time. Yeah, I'm leaning to Epic flying maybe too close to the sun with this one. But, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, not saying that... I'm not saying I'm on either side of this. But.
1: Imagine having um, okay, listen. Imagine by July or whatever was it was July or June next year? July. Imagine by then there's a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. You can go back to the movies. You can go to Disneyland. you can see your families. A vacation sounds nice, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The world is back to normal. You can see friends and family. Then all of a sudden, bam, the mailbox. A jury summons. Yeah. You got to go to court for a gigantic fucking tech case that could potentially take weeks where you have to sit inside a fucking either a hotel room or go home and talk to no one. Mm-hmm. People are going to be so pissed. They're going like, to get this shit out of here. Yeah. Epic, go fuck yourself. Yeah. If I was a jury on jury that trial, also, I'm in case I get the summons, I'm putting it out here now so
0: I'm a very no, partial jury. it's going to be up in the Bay Area probably. Okay, good. Yeah. Nobody wants to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> speaking of the courts... The TikTok saga, which also has no end in sight, continued this past weekend with a judge ruling at the last minute that the Trump administration's plan to ban new TikTok downloads starting last Sunday would be blocked. Because mm-hmm. um, despite the deal between ByteDance and Oracle and Walmart that supposedly saved TikTok from being banned in the U.S., the Trump administration was still planning on blocking downloads and updates to the app, uh, presumably until the deal was like fully officially completed. But uh, that's not happening, at least for now. Uh, the Trump administration still, though, has a November 12th deadline when they plan to not only stop TikTok downloads, but also just like completely shut down TikTok operations in the U.S. Uh, that's not too far from now. The judge declined to block that deadline. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens over the next six weeks. The story never ends. Yeah. It's so <clears> stupid.
1: <throat> mm-hmm. Anyways, remember a story we covered a few months back about how a bunch of high-ranking eBay employees got in trouble with the law for coordinating an extended and complex harassment campaign against some random blogger who criticized them. Oh, uh, my favorite. How could you forget? Uh, it consisted of, uh, but wasn't limited to, sending random packages to the victim's home, including a Halloween mask of a pig covered in blood, a pig fetus preserved in a jar, a bunch of live insects and spiders, a funeral wreath, and a book about grieving the loss of a spouse. Uh, They also mailed a bunch of porn to the victim's neighbors, but with the name, address, to the victims. And they signed up the victim's email addresses and phone numbers uh, to a bunch of places and flooded them with spam.
0: Yeah, they also ordered a bunch of pizzas to the victim's home. (laughs) They posted Craigslist listings for week-long sex parties at their address. They used anonymous Twitter accounts to harass and dox them. And they tailed them. On the road, Uh, they even at one point tried to break into the victim's garage to plant a GPS tracker in their car, but they fucked that up. This was all because the victim said some not-so-nice things about eBay on a blog. Uh, Anyways, the latest is that four of those former eBay employees involved in the harassment reportedly plan to plead guilty next week. They include eBay's former senior manager of Global Intelligence, former manager of eBay's Global Intelligence Center, former senior manager of Special Operations, and former intelligence analyst, Notably absent from many charges, though, is eBay's former CEO, Devin Wenig, who <laughs> reports indicate was almost certainly the one who kicked the whole thing off after the victims did a blog post about how he made 152 times the salary of em- his employees. Mm. No, we are going to ruin these people's lives. Mm. Uh, yeah, so anyway, this whole thing, extremely weird and embarrassing for everyone involved, and hopefully someone makes a movie about it some way Would someday. Uh, such a good movie. The, just th- that original story about it, like the court documents, I was reading... Dozens of pages of legal documents about this. Just like this is insane. Yeah. Well, people think they are? The good news for everyone pleading
1: guilty. Uh, they'll one day we'll get out of jail, and there are no shortage of gigantic companies who look at this and will say these guys will do fucking anything. Yeah. Like they. They got caught that time, and they're loyal. hmm Very they, loyal. They didn't throw the CEO under the bus. Yeah, that's true. So Took they have a very a fruitful future. Yeah. yeah. Buy them out, boys. Anyways, yeah. that's it for this. It is it it's is 100, 100 degrees. It's in here. 103 degrees. Uh, it's roasting. October 1st, by the way. It's October. It's 103 degrees yeah, out. I'm I feel ill. The good news is it gets down to the 90s next week and then presumably the
0: week after it'll get down to the 80s. Insula. Yeah. So uh, yeah, please check out the most recent episode of uh,
1: Learn about Trump's taxes yeah, right Trump's over taxes,
0: here taxes and then uh, weekly weird news over here where I don't even remember what we talked about. Yeah, we'll be back for a a new
1: episode of News Dump really soon. And there's some fun stuff to talk about there. So we'll see you for that. Uh, In the meantime, make sure the bell's clicked. Make sure the button's subscribed to. Hit the like button and uh, enjoy your, your day. See ya. Bye.